The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory to God. Um, it's an awesome privilege to stand before you to bring the word of God um, to you. I want to thank um, my pastor, Pastor T, um, for this wonderful opportunity. And I pray that God will do something eternal in our hearts today in the name of Jesus. It doesn't take God eternity to do that which is eternal. In a single moment, we can change. Glory to God. And that is what I'm trusting will happen here. And where I want to start is by, um, with a heart of thanksgiving. With a heart of thanksgiving for um, our nation. Glory to God. Um, as a nation, we've been going, as in the whole world has been in a crisis mode. And we all know our nation, right? That um, if this thing is affecting those nations as it is, we will be nowhere. Glory to God. And what I want us to just do, don't stand up from your feet, just lift up your hands and say thank you. Thank you for protection. Thank you for preservation. I mean, it's not because we've got the right system. Those that have the right system are fighting this thing tooth and nail, and they cannot get over it. Glory to God. I mean, things are just happening left, right, and center. Glory to God. And so, Father, we want to say thank you. Thank you for protection. Thank you for preservation. Thank you for keeping us, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glory to God. And that's from where I want to start. I mean, um, all of us came into this year um, very excited into this year. It was the start of a new decade. It was the start of a new year, and everybody came in very excited. But the whole world has been battling over the couple of years. I mean, and Nigeria, I, we've not seen the health dimension of it, but the economic dimension of it is already, I mean, brewing on the horizon. And for me, um, while we are praying, and we are going to continue praying, and we believe that um, that thing has stopped in the name of Jesus, that the cure and everything has done. But I think really that thing that happened, that it broke out in the first instance, is a signal in the spirit. There's a signal in the spirit. And that signal in the spirit is that a new consignment of demons have been unleashed upon the face of the earth. That's what it means. I mean, for that thing to have broken out, it means that a new consignment of evil. And remember when Reverend K came, he said this decade there will be a lot of darkness, right? There will be a lot of darkness. So that's what that means. I mean, if you read the book of Revelations, if you see when they're breaking the seals in the book of Revelation, John will say, I saw, I saw a horse and I saw a man. And the next thing, the impact that we saw a horse in the spirit, but in the, realm of the, in the realm of the natural, you saw deaths all over the place. So I'm saying there's an entrance that has happened. And I'm not saying that to scare us because we understand from scriptures that if by one man sin reigned through that one man, much more glory to God. There's a much more glory to God. There's a much more, much more. Those of us who do what? Receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we will reign. So we are reigning in the midst of all of this. But it requires you re receiving an abundance of grace. It requires you walking in an abundance of grace. Glory to God. And so there's no greater time and there's no more important time in life for you to, for your work with the solutions provider to be at a deeper level. 
That's what this means. That's, I said all of that to say there is no greater time, oh yes, for us to, um, to, to take our relationship with our solution provider seriously. So Pastor T has talked about, we've talked about the different dimension of the solutions provider, but there is no greater time. I mean, you cannot be in that place where what you know about the solutions provider is what Pastor Leah thought. You cannot be in that place where all that you know about the solutions provider is what Pastor T said. You cannot be in that place where all that you know about the solutions provider is what um, Reverend K said, Dr. K said. You know, Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13. He said, who do men say that I am? He said, some say that you are John the Baptist. Some say that you are Jeremiah. Some say that you are Elisha. Some people say you are other prophets. I mean, that is where a lot of people are. All they know about this thing is what pastor said. Now, that could have worked in 2019. That could have worked in 2018, but in this season where we have called it the year, what did we call this year? The year of deep waters. You, only depths will make you survive in this season. Only depths in the things of the spirit will give you time to survive in this, in, in this season. So Jesus said, what do men say? So what are you saying about the Holy Spirit? Is it what I've told you? That is not enough. As beautiful as it sounds, that is not enough. Jesus now went ahead and said, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And everybody kept quiet. And that's the question I'm asking you. I'm not saying what Pastor T put out that week. What is the Holy Spirit and who is the Holy Spirit to you? Who is the Holy Spirit to you? It says, who do men say that I am? And scripture says that Peter opened up his mouth and he said, you are Jesus, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And the next thing that happened after that was Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. So when I'm saying, what do you know about the Holy Spirit? What has been revealed to you? For that which has been revealed to you is what cannot be taken away. When push comes to shove, when you are alone, when the pastor is not there for you to call the pastor, that is what is going to cause you to survive. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? That it is the Father that revealed. That is not flesh and blood that revealed it unto you. And I want us to look at, um, that, that scripture is there. Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 18. And I also say to you that thou at Peter. And no, go to the previous verse, verse 17. Jesus answered to him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. The next verse. It says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock will I build the rock. Now, the meaning that name Simon means a reed shaken by the wind. Right? And that name Peter means a rock. Meaning the gap between when you are shaky, when you're, where you are shaky, and the gap where you are strong is the revelation of God. When you receive a revelation of the Holy Ghost, when you receive the revelation, or when the helper is a revelation to you, you move from that place where circumstances shake you, where you are easily moved by every wind of doctrine, to that place where you are solid, to that place where you are strong. And I'm asking you, what have you seen? Because that is the key. That's what God wants to achieve. God wants to make us rocks. And Jesus now says, on this rock will I build my church. And what will happen? The gates of hell will not prevail against you. It is not everybody that the gates of hell prevail against. If you are a rock, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. If you are solid, the gates of hell will not prevail. But if you are Simon... Meaning that all that you know is that which is in the natural, it will prevail against you. And what I'm trying to say, I said all of that to say this, 
that one of the things that the solution provider, the Holy Spirit, is meant to do in our lives is to bring us into a place of revelation where we see things. And that now brings us to that place where we are solid. That place where we are solid. Making us rocks is the intentions of God. The intention of God is to make us solid. The intention of God is to make us a rock. Glory to God. I mean, how many people remember um, the fight between David and Goliath? The fight between David and Goliath. What did David use to kill the, uh, Goliath? It was a stone. Now, it looked like an ordinary stone, but in the realm of the spirit, that represented a solid person. So the people that are going to undo the giants in their life are those who, in the place of communion, in the place of communion with the Holy Spirit, they become solid. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Bible talking about Abraham in Isaiah 51, verse 2, verse 1. He said, you will seek after righteousness. Isaiah 51, verse um, 1. He says, you will seek after righteousness, eh? and you will seek the Lord. He says, look to the rock from which you were owned, and to the pits from which you were dug. And he now said, this rock that I'm talking about is Abraham. So what I'm just trying to say ultimately is that God wants to make you a solid person. But for God to make you that solid person, you have to come into a place of revelation that is birthed in the place of deep communion in the deep waters with the Spirit. Do you think I'm trying to say? You know, some of us want to, want to, we have issues in front of us. We have long-standing situations in front of us. I want to tell you that those long-standing situations, the pastor can pray about them and you will get your results. But if you want to get out of it completely, you know the way God delivers us? The way God delivers us is he prepares a table before us right in the presence of our enemies. He doesn't come and deliver us so that we just escape. It's not an escapist way that God delivers us. God, the enemy is still there, but he cannot do anything about it. So when, what God wants to do is make you so strong that those things that they were tormenting you before, they will come again and they become piece of cake for you. And it's the Holy Ghost that brings you into that place. And that's what happened for Abraham. That when Abraham, what happened for Abraham was that Abraham had indeed for a child. And God comes to him at, in Genesis verse 17, in chapter 17, and said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to have a child. It, it was 99. And God told him so many things. And God now told him, that's for Sarah, your wife. He said, you shall no longer call her Sarah. You shall call her Sarah. For what will I do? I will bless her and I'll give the child. And you know what happened? Sarah, fell, Abraham fell on his face. Scripture said he fell on his face and he laughed. And there were conversations going on in his heart. Can a child be born to a 100-year-old man? Can a woman who is 90-year-old deliver a child? That is what happens to a lot of us based on the problems that are in front of us. And I'm saying as, those, as long as those conversations have not been dealt with in that place of communion with the Holy Spirit, you will never enter. All you will get is continually get crumbs. But you will never be able to make that transition. And what God did for Abraham was God had to take him from that place where he felt, where it was wobbly, to a place where it was solid. And that's what Romans 4 told us. Romans 4 said, against hope. Abraham came to that place where against hope. He believed in hope. He believed in hope. And therefore became the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. He said he, did not, he said he did not consider his body, which was as good as dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. says, for he, was, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but rather he gave glory to God because he came to that point where he was persuaded that God was able to do. You have to come to the point of persuasion. 
That is the only way you can make that transition. The best we will do is we keep managing it. But the day you make that transition, that thing that used to defeat you comes under. And that is one of the things the Holy Spirit is meant to do for you. Let us see that in the scriptures. Let us see that in the scriptures. John chapter 16, verse 13. John chapter 16, verse 13. We need to run. John chapter 16, verse 13. Glory to God. Um, John chapter 16, verse 13. That is what the Holy Spirit is meant to do for us. I want you to see that, and that's one of the few things. So when we say we have help with the Holy Spirit, when we say we have the help of the Holy Ghost, I want us to contextualize it. That part of that help is to make me solid, to, to, to make that transition in the Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13. 16, verse 13. It says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, it says, it will do what? Guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but speak whatever he hears us, he will speak. First Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2. This says it more explicitly. First Corinthians 2. Starting from verse 9. It says, but as it is written, eyes has not seen, nor hear heard. I'm saying there are things that eyes have not seen where your life is concerned. Nor he entered into the heart of men. There are things that has not entered your heart. The things which God has prepared for those who love them. He says, but what? God has revealed them to us how through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no man knows the things of God except the spirit of God. I mean, you can't go to Harvard to get this thing that we are talking about. It's not in Harvard you will get it. We are not saying don't get an Harvard degree. We are saying that it's only the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the governor of the realm of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the guardian in the realm of the Spirit. And that's why you have to come into a place of fraternity with him. And in that place of fraternizing with him, what happens is that you just find out that he says, we with unveiled faces, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord. You'll be, you'll be there every morning. You'll be there every morning. Then one day you just wake up and you find out that you're transformed. And those things that look so difficult, those things that look so, it has become a piece of cake for you. Glory to God. So the Holy Spirit is there to help you see the spiritual realities that are your realities, the things that God has prepared for you. So you say, yes, the Holy Spirit, uh, now I agree, but how does the Holy Spirit do it? How does the Holy Spirit do it? The Holy Spirit does it by filling you up. By filling you up. He says, do not be drunk with wine when it's excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself. It's in that place where you are full of the Spirit that your eyes begin to open. You know, Scripture says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In what? Heavenly places. Now, a lot of us sit in that place where we say spiritual blessings. But there's this other place that says in heavenly places. Meaning that there's just no one location in the Spirit. There are multiple locations in the Spirit. There's the location of the cross. There's the location of the throne room. There's the location of Mount Zion. He said you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. There's a location. There are offices in the spirit. There are the office of the apostle. There's the apostle of the high priest. There's the office of the intercessor. There's different offices. But the Holy Spirit is the one that will navigate us. And it's on, such that when you talk about the things of the spirit, it's as real as you know that one plus one is equal to two. That's what the Holy Ghost wants to achieve in your life. That's what he, want, he doesn't want you to be uncertain of your realities. You've got realities. You are blessed. You are blessed. But what the Holy Ghost wants to do is fundamentally bring you into a place of that realization. Where that thing is sure, but how he's going to do it. You're not going to do it if you're not full of the Holy Ghost. 
You are going to rise to that place. And there are blessings in the spiritual spirit. And the Holy Ghost will now carry you from place. So there's a place in the spirit that when you get to, wisdom becomes natural. There's a place where you get into the spirit, favor becomes natural. There's a place where you get in the realm of the spirit where help is natural. People just want to help you. Why? Because you have migrated. And it's the Holy Ghost that brings you into that place. It is the Holy Ghost that carries you into that realm. And that's why we can't joke anymore. If those days we used to joke, we can't joke with our communion with the Holy Spirit anymore. And how is it going to happen? You are going to have to be full. You have to be full. The Holy Ghost doesn't want to uh, occupy your bedroom. He doesn't want to occupy your boys' quarters. For a lot of us, the Holy Ghost is in the boys' quarters. The Holy Spirit wants to fill up you, wants to fill you up. But the issue is, why, I want to, uh, let, me, let me make a connection here. Glory to God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Why does the Holy Spirit, a lot of us, we are speaking in tongues regularly. A lot of us speak in tongues, right? A lot of us pray in the Spirit. But we are not touching this thing the way we should touch it. It is not coming to us the way it should come. And the reason fundamentally is because there are other things that have caught our attention, has caught our attention. And until, the only, until those things go away and we become empty and the Holy Ghost fills us up, we will not be able to make that migration. And I want to show you something um, in Genesis chapter 6. The first time that the Holy Ghost left humanity. Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. I'm trying to establish why for a lot of people the Holy Ghost is not full. That's what I'm trying to establish. Do you get me? Genesis chapter 6. It says, now it came to pass. This was Genesis chapter 6. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. This is when the Holy Spirit first left creation. It says, and daughters were born to them. I need to give a little background to this. Just one minute background. So Cain, after Cain killed his brother, right? Scripture says that Cain left the presence of God and he left, garden of, he left Eden. Eden was a place. The garden of Eden was just a garden, but Eden was a location, right? So um, Cain left the garden of, left Eden and he went to north, away from the presence of God. And there, he built a civilization apart from God. Then he killed his brother. Then Sarah, um, um, Eve gave back to another daughter, gave back to another son. That was Seth. Seth was the one that replaced Abel. What Abel was supposed to do was what Seth now came to do. So, all, and scripture says in, um, in the last verse of Genesis chapter 4, it says, and Seth gave back to a son called Enosh. And when he gave back to Enosh, it says, men began to call on the name of the Lord. So what happened fundamentally from that generation, from that lineup, was where Enoch came from. From that lineup was where Noah came from. So by the time we got to chapter 6, we had two sets of people on the face of the earth. We had the sons of men, and we had the sons of God. Do you get that? It says, now it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them. Daughters were born to them. It means that, so what it meant was, these men were the people, were the descendants of Canaan, of, of Cain. Of king. That, this was like a thousand years after the fall, right? And so they had multiplied, they had filled the earth numerically, but more times they had grown, they had made more progress, they had cornered, they'd done everything to make progress, right? And they had produced a lot of things, right? And scripture says they produced daughters. And those daughters, look at what scripture says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. Meaning that the sons of God were separated unto God. But it looked like God was slow. Did you get it? It looked like the other men, people that were not Christians, were the ones making progress. But sitting behind, sitting behind, sitting behind. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And 
what happened was they now came out one day. They now saw ah, all the big houses that these guys had, all the progress that these guys were making. And what happened was that that thing attracted them. And what the scripture says, it said, the next verse, it says, and that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves as they chose. You know, this is very deep. That, that is very deep. He said, what, that, what, what does that say? He said, Jesus, who gave, who gave a damn wife? It was God. You are not meant to come into a relationship with a woman to become your wife. You come into a deep covenant with the person. So what happened was the sons of God just abandoned their own principles, abandoned their own way of life, and they embraced the principles of the natural man because it looked like their way was faster. Why? Because if you are going to walk in the spirit, it's going to cost you something. I mean, let us forget this idea that we feel like you will come into the realm of the spirit without doing anything. You're going to fast a lot more. You're going to pray a lot more. You're going to do, and that was difficult for a lot of people to do. But these were other men of God, the children of Israel, the children of men, who were just doing what they wanted to do. And that thing attracted a lot of people. And that is what is happening in our generation. That's what is happening. A lot of people have seen unbelievers prosper. A lot of people have stayed in the kingdom for a long time. And they don't have anything to show for it. And that thing has got them to a place where they don't want to do the things of it. So they are now running after money with everything that they got. But do you know what scripture says? Verse 3. This is where I'm going. It says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever. Meaning that that was the time. The moment they came into covenant, when they started using the systems of the world, when they started using the things that the world was doing, the Holy Spirit just stepped out of the picture. And a lot of people, that is where the Holy Ghost is. The reason why he stepped out of the picture is you've got your own ambitions. You've got the things you want to do. You are full of your own ambitions. You are full of your own ways. You are full of the things you want to do. And until the Holy Ghost empties you of that, it cannot fill you up. It needs space to fill. So you need to just, just push aside all the things that is yours. Glory to God. And so when we say that the Holy Ghost wants to get you into that place where you are solid by revelation, he wants to empty you. Every man that he worked with, he emptied them. They had to come to a point where they saw that they could not do it by themselves. And we're going to be reading the last scripture today. Let us read Romans 4. Let us read it. You know, we said um, Abraham, he came from that place where he was, what? Simon, and he came to that place where he was solid. You know he saw something. You know it was not that he just came. He saw something. Scripture says, in the natural, he could not give birth to a child. And he had made the conclusion that it could not happen. But scripture says that Abraham, meanwhile in the realm of the spirit, scripture said, before him whom he believed, God, who quickly is, is the father of us all. In the natural, he was the natural, he was, he was the father of, he was, he, was, he was an exalted father, he didn't have a child. But in, before God, he was the father of many nations. I don't know what you are in the presence of God. I mean, you are something before the presence of God. And that is where you need to transport to. That is where you need to come. I mean, God come to Gideon and said, Thou valiant man of valor. Meanwhile, he was hiding. A lot of us are hiding away. A lot of us are going away. Especially in the midst of all these things, there is greatness on your inside. And it takes the Holy Ghost to reveal that to you. But you are going to have to jettison everything that you know. And what I want to do is read the last scripture. Then we'll start closing up and rounding up. Romans 4. This is one of my best scriptures in the Bible. The message translation. The message translation. And this is what I'm trusting will happen for each one of us. So that the Holy Ghost will fill us up. Hallelujah. I'm trusting God that a freshness will come in this service in the next couple of minutes. Hallelujah. It says, what then shall we say? Mm -mm. Message translation. Sorry. Can I have the message translation? It's on the screen. 
He says, so how do we fit what we know of Abraham? Some translations say, what did Abraham learn? There's something you're supposed to learn to take you to that next level. He says, how do we fit what Abraham, what we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith, into this new way of looking at things? He says, if Abraham, by what he did for God, God got to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. He says, but the story we are giving is a God story, not an Abraham story. God is writing a story about your life. There's a story that God wants to express about your life. Some of us have the story we want for our lives, but there's a story God wants to write. And Abraham had to come to that point where he had to choose, is it my story or God's story? Do you get what I'm trying to say? He says, this is what I'm coming to. He said, but the story we are giving, he says, what we read in the scriptures is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. Where are you? Are you in what God is doing for you? Or the pressure of circumstances have made you to begin to run around for other things. It says Abraham entered into what God happened. And what happened? And that was the turning point. That was the turning point. When Abraham embraced what God was doing, he said he trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. The next verse. He says, if you're a hard worker and you do a good job, you deserve your pay. You know a lot of people are hard workers. You know when a day where everybody's glamorizing the hustle. You know, in that day where everybody's glamorizing the also, is the also, is the also, is the also. But what we're talking here is not also. We're talking here about inheritance. We're talking here about inheritance. He says, you deserve your pay. He says, we don't call your wages a gift, but this is where the Holy Ghost wants to come to you. He says, but if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's, take, it's, it's something only God can do. Have you come to that point? That is only God that can get this thing done. Have you come to that place? Not what you are sent into, Based on your delays, based on the things that has happened up until now, have you come to that place where you understand that only God, the solution provider on my inside, can get this done? He says, and you trust him to do it. That you could never do it. Look at what he says, for yourself. No matter how hard and what, no matter how long you worked. That is where the Holy Spirit will need to get all of us to. A place of dependency. We were meant to be completed by the Holy Spirit. We were designed by with, with we were designed with flaws by design, by design. We were designed to be inadequate. Do, some of us look at our inadequacies and we are sad about it. You were designed to be inadequate, and the person to complete that inadequacy is the Holy Ghost. He said, "The Holy Ghost helped our infirmities." He says, "For we groan. We are groaning for something to come out." We are groaning for something to bust. We are groaning for something. He says, we are the sons of God and the entire creation is waiting for our manifestation. And that thing, how many of you sense greatness on your inside? But somehow you are frustrated. It's the Holy Ghost that will come in and take hold with you and help you to carry it. But he's not going to help you if you are still full of your agenda. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit, when the Holy Ghost left, it was because the people joined themselves and they became full. The second time the Holy Ghost came, after he left in Genesis 6, he came back in Acts chapter 2. He says, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. He says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, glory to God. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, he says, they were all gathered. Oh yes, they were all gathered with one accord and in one place. Look at what he said. Next verse. Next verse. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And what happened? It filled. The Holy Ghost wants to fill you. The Holy Ghost wants to fill you. Will you let him? Can you rise up on your feet? The Holy Ghost wants to fill you. And the reason why a lot of people are not filled is that, you know, Jesus said something. And I want us to pray some. Glory to God. 
Jesus said something. Jesus said, um, can you get on that keyboard? Get on that keyboard and um, this Tasha Cobb song, fill me up till I overflow. Fill me up till I overflow. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Paul said, you know Jesus said? Jesus said, blessed is he that what? That hungers and thirst after righteousness. What will happen? He shall be filled. Do you know why a lot of us are not filled? We are not hungry anymore. We have lost our hunger. We have lost our hunger for the things of the spirit. We have lost our desires for the things of the spirit. And what I'm trusting God. And what has lost it is all the pressures around us. And what I want us to pray for is God. Sing again and say, fill me up. Fill me up again. Bring that desire back. A lot of us, I mean, we're not going to get this thing on the water. It's not by joke. It's not by mistake that this year is called the year of the Holy Spirit. It is not by mistake that this year is called, oh yes, the year of deep waters. We're going to have to do business in deep waters. But if, I mean, if you're in that place where you're still struggling to pray in the spirit, if you're in that place where you're still struggling to do the word, you cannot get into the deep waters. And so what I want us to pray today, we cannot lay hold on the help of the Holy Spirit. We cannot lay hold on the help of the Holy Spirit. And even for those of us who are doing well, there's another depth because the game has changed. The game has changed. And so what I want us to be to do, hallelujah. I want to run over. Fill me up. Make that the cry of your heart. Till I overflow. I want to run over. I want you to, if you're in that place, if you're in that place, and you are struggling to pray. You are struggling to have a prayer life. I want you to come to the altar. I want you to come to the altar and come and pray. And say, God, restore my hunger. Restore my freshness. I want you to break a little bit. If you are in that place and there is a drag, you feel dry. You feel like nothing. You don't feel, when they say come and pray, you don't feel like praying. I want you to come to this altar. Come to this altar today. Come to this altar right now and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Sing that song. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's take it again. I'm waiting for you. Membre eke dusa nende dasa haya. Hey, ene ne 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 bosa. Hey, I want to run over. Oh, fill me up. Let me lay hands on them. Let me lay hands on them. 
pray for a restoration. And the rest of us, let us just be in charge of this place. Let us begin to pray in the spirit. Let's go. 
to everyone, to anyone who is here, who have said, I've heard what you said, Pastor. I have come to find out that the Holy Ghost is my only way out. That the solutions provider is the holy way out. And I want to start my journey with him. I want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But the way to start that relationship, the first point of call is to give your life to Christ. So if I have anybody here, you've not given your life to Christ before, and you want to make that decision based on the things that you've heard today. Can you raise up your hand? Can I see your hands up? The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone. 234 810 0000640.